through 30. At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent have revealed them to the infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in my heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Thank you for your birthday wishes and your song this morning. One of the other great things that I remember getting to do on my birthday, this was exciting for me, my senior year, I got to play a football game on my birthday, and that was one of the best Christmas presents ever. <laughs> or birthday presents. <laughs> Whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you have your Bibles, uh, open them, please, to Matthew chapter 11. We're going to be going through these verses, and I'd like you to be uh, looking along with me. Um, you've been following along with us, we've been working through the story of Scripture and really the story of God inviting us to rest. God rests at the end of creating and in that rest invites us to a place of rest. But then Pharaoh demands production and he values people based on how much they achieve, how much they produce for him. And as God delivers his people, God reminds us that we are loved even when we rest. That we don't have to produce and accomplish in order for God to love us. God wanted everyone to be able to enjoy rest. And so we talked about uh, the Ten Commandments, but also the Sabbath laws. And, and in particular, the uh, guidance for, for Jubilee. It was supposed to be rest for the entire society. The author of Leviticus puts out the laws. Isaiah dreamed of the laws, but Jesus comes and he institutes freedom for the people. So we start with the original gift of rest. It was a gift that Pharaoh laughed at. It was a gift that was meant to mark out the people of Israel as special and distinct. It was a gift meant to shape an entire society gift that sadly never found its full fulfillment until Jesus called his followers to live out rest in a new kind of way. So this morning, we're going to be looking at Jesus' invitation to rest here in Matthew. Before we get there, would you pray with me? Jesus, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you this morning. Would you speak to us through me or despite me, and certainly through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. 
So here's what's happening in Matthew chapter 11. There's a lot of people questioning who Jesus is, trying to figure out exactly what Jesus is about, what his ministry is about, and who he is. It begins with John the Baptist. Now, John is often seen pointing to Jesus. But here, John is in prison, and we can't fault John for asking some tough questions of God and of Jesus. And he sends some of his followers out at the beginning of chapter 11 to say, go and ask Jesus, are you the one we've been waiting for? Or is there someone else that we, we should be looking for? And Jesus response is to tell John what you see and what you hear. Jesus says the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. It's interesting that in Jesus' response here, we can hear a little bit of the echo of Jubilee that we talked about, about freedom and deliverance of good news preached to the oppressed. And then we see, leading up to our, our text this morning, the Jewish crowds are questioning who Jesus is. And Jesus says, you know, if I would have done and preached the same thing in some of the, the terrible cities of history, they would have turned, they would have repented, and they would have followed God. But you're missing the boat. You're missing what's happening. So we come to our text this morning, starting at verses 25 and 26. At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. One of the beautiful things about story of God is the way he consistently chooses the misfits and the outcasts in order to accomplish his will. He chooses the people that we just don't think can possibly have anything good to accomplish. He chooses Abraham and, and Sarah who are way beyond the ability to bear children and he blesses them. And we see God consistently throughout the Old Testament choosing the people that we just are surprised by. And Jesus does the same thing. Jesus chooses a ragtag group of ex-fishermen and some tax collectors and some political revolutionaries, and he calls them to follow him. People that are uneducated, people that are hated, people that are uh, just kind of out there. Jesus calls them and says, you, Come follow me. I believe that you have what it takes to follow me and to be my disciple and to go and spread this message to others. Jesus takes in all kinds. And then in verse 27, Jesus says, All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. This is an incredibly profound claim for Jesus to make. Because Jesus says, all things, all things have been handed over to me by the 
the Father. That means the interpretation of the law. That means the interpretation of God's covenant with Abraham and David. Jesus is explaining them. Jesus is living them out. All authority has been handed over to the Son by the Father. Jesus is essentially saying, if you want to see what God is like, if you want to see what the Father is like, if you want to see what the law pointed to, if you want to see what the covenant pointed to, look at me. We have a Christ-centered understanding of Scripture. When we open up our Bibles, it is pointing us somewhere. The Old Testament is pointing us to Jesus. And then the rest of the New Testament is pointing us back to Jesus. It all hinges on Jesus. Jesus ends his prayer. He thanks God that all things have been handed to him. With all things being given to Jesus, Jesus can then make his next statement in verse 28. He says, come to me. All you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Come to who? Jesus says, come to me. Jesus calls people to himself to follow him. He doesn't say, come to the law, come to the covenant, come to this or that or the other thing, come to wisdom. He says, come to me. Jesus even substitutes himself for God, which he can do because he is God. Come to me and I will give you rest. Jesus promise of rest. It's a return back to the original gift of creation. When God rested on the seventh day and invited everyone to have this opportunity to rest, Jesus is once again inviting us to that rest. It's a resolution to the problem of sweat and toil that goes into our work. Come to me and you will find rest. Jesus invites all who are weary and carrying heavy burdens. Now, in the context of where Jesus is talking about, burdens were a way of talking about living under unwanted requirements of the law. Something like 613 laws that the people had to follow based on the Old Testament law. And these laws were added to. There were uh, other traditions that they had to carry on. The Pharisees were, were notorious for having laws about the laws. And this was the burden that they placed on the people. A burden that, Scripture says elsewhere, the Pharisees wouldn't lift their own finger to help people. They expected everyone to be as holy and righteous based on following all these laws. Jesus goes on, take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Again, Jesus is comparing the way of the Pharisees, or keeping the demands of the law versus a relationship 
with him. This is what they called a teacher's yoke. If you followed a teacher, if you followed a rabbi, if you did the things that they were calling you to, you followed their yoke. You took their yoke upon you. And Jesus says to take his teaching, to take his way of interpreting the law and the, and the covenant, take that yoke upon you and follow him. See, you might follow the Torah, and that might be your yoke. Or you might also add the tradition of the Pharisees, and you might take on that yoke. But Jesus says to learn from him and to take his yoke. Jesus is telling people to take on his way of living. Others might have spoken of God's yoke or the yoke of Torah or the yoke of wisdom. But Jesus says, if authority has been given to me, then I'm telling you to follow me, to take my way upon you. What is Jesus' yoke? What is Jesus' teaching? Jesus sums it up as love God and love others. If you want a fuller explanation of what it looks like to love God and love others, you flip a couple of chapters earlier in Matthew to the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus gives quite a description, three chapters of what it looks like to love God and to love others. If we follow and learn from Jesus, it's not a matter of following 613 laws. It's about being a disciple of Jesus. But why does Jesus say his yoke is easy and light? Loving God, loving others, isn't a hard thing to figure out. Jesus says the unlearned, the, the infants, the misfits, the outcasts can figure it out. But ultimately, Jesus' yoke is about taking up a cross. It's laying down our own lives to follow Jesus. And I really struggle with this saying of Jesus, that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's something that it hits me and I go, when do we get there? For some caught in cycles of burdens, I can see how Jesus' words here can be freeing. And I understand that following Jesus frees me from having to follow laws. Uh, this morning we read um, the same scripture out of the message. And Eugene Peterson talks about the burdens of religion. And he's talking about this Old Testament religion that was just about following and keeping laws. We are free to enter into a relationship with the living God. But it's a relationship that sometimes can be tough. But the beauty, the easiness, the lightness comes in the fact that Jesus the Christ, Son of God, God of God, light from light, fully God and fully man, the incarnate living word of God stoops down to our level to lift that burden. That he doesn't just look down from heaven and say, get yourself up. Jesus comes down and enters our space, moves in to our neighborhood, comes next to you and me 
to lift that burden. But not only does Jesus do it, the body of Christ, church, we are called to be there with one another, beside one another, helping lift those burdens that we all carry. And in this way, our burdens get lighter. Things get easier. One of the most beautiful things that I get to experience as the pastor, many people never get the chance to see or hear about. But it's a blessing and a privilege to see the body of Christ act to relieve burdens and struggles when they come. I've seen the body of Christ gather around those who are sick and pray and care for physical and spiritual needs that people are dealing with. I've seen the body surround those who have become slaves, slaves to addiction or debt or all kinds of situations that people become slaves to, poverty. And I've seen the body of Christ help lift those burdens, to proclaim freedom. I've seen the body support those who have just worked themselves silly. They've worked themselves to their end, and then they've welcomed those people back to a place of peace and rest. The body of Christ can be a beautiful thing if we come next to one another and help to lift those burdens. Jesus invites us to come and find rest in Him. And as the church, we also want to be inviting others to come and find that rest and peace in Jesus. On my way home this week, I was listening to the radio, and a DJ was talking about uh, some articles that he had recently seen in a newspaper. And the, the first article was 18 party places you have to go before you die. There are some of the, the, the great uh, party venues around the world that this magazine recommended everyone get to. Got to get to these before you die. The next page had 100 uh, stadiums for the sports fans. 100 stadiums you needed to get to before you died. And all kinds of these bucket list type things. He said as he's reading through these articles is like, if I do this, if I get to all these places, if I accomplish this list and I check all these things off, I'm going to be happy. If I do this stuff, it's going to make life better. We're told all kinds of lies like this. If you get to college, you'll have this kind of job, and then you can earn this kind of promotion if you work this many extra hours. And if you earn this amount of money, your family will be happy. You'll have this kind of house, this kind of car, and now you'll be happy. We just work, work, and work. And honestly, we can do this in the church, too. If you go to the right Bible studies, if you give this amount, if you pray this way, then Jesus will be happy with you. But Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. Learn from me. Be in relationship with me. Find your rest, not in doing and accomplishing. Find your rest 
by being in me. How can we speak of rest to others if we have not experienced rest for ourselves? How can we take moments to be reminded of this rest that Jesus has invited us to? It can come in everyday life. For me, one of the ways that I sometimes just need to rest and be is to turn my radio off in the car. Kind of drives the rest of my family nuts if I just turn it off. We're so used to noise, to having something playing in the background. But sometimes I just... Christian radio stations, you turn it on the next hour and you'll catch the same songs again. Let's be honest. Okay? Sometimes you just got to turn it off. Just be, just enjoy that time. Maybe we need some times to just meditate on Scripture. Not emptying your mind like Eastern religion uh, might teach meditation but to fill your mind with Jesus. To just think about the ways that Jesus loves you and cares for you. To open up scripture and say, come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. To just think about what that means. To think about what a gift that is that God loves you and wants you to just rest. Maybe it means saying the Lord's Prayer. Or repeating the Jesus Creed, which is, Hear, O Israel, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. To just say that throughout the day as a reminder of Jesus' yoke. And then if you and I have experienced the good news of the gospel and rest of Jesus, having experienced the freedom of slavery the liberty from bondage, how can we not want to proclaim that freedom for others? To proclaim that liberty and that rest to others. See, some of us this morning come here as longtime disciples of Jesus. And we know Jesus' invitation. We've heard this scripture before, and yet we forget. And we just start getting back into that cycle of doing, 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 running, running, running. And so even though we've said we want to be disciples of Jesus, we need this reminder to just come and rest. Or maybe Jesus' invitation is new to you. You've been running around trying to accomplish, trying to do all these things to make yourself happy. And you think, when is it going to happen? And Jesus' invitation to come and rest is news to you, and it sounds like good news. Maybe you're hearing these words for the first time. Either way, this morning, I want to invite all of us just to a time of rest. Spend the next few moments praising Jesus that he invites us to just come and to be. I'm going to play a song for us this morning uh, just as an invitation to anyone to hear, God, to hear Jesus' words anew 
or to hear them for the first time, to be invited to this place of rest this morning.